Hello and welcome to Untangled, the next episode of our podcast brought to you by Kitty Winkles, Care and Learning. And I keep meaning to script the start of this because I say something different every time. So you just don't know what you're going to get. Um, could sound totally professional, could sound like I've just got out of the bath, which is exactly what I've done because we're recording this. It's evening time with me and it's 7 a.m., 7.30 a.m. with Lauren. So I rolled out of bed and you're about to roll into bed. I'm about to roll in. Yes, <laughs> I know. I'm a lightweight. I go to bed so early. It's so early. But then, you know, I like to read and I put on my creams and I have a whole go into bed ritual. Yeah. That's good because I have that with the kids. So. Yes, well, that's, yeah, well, it does. As boring as that sounds, I would love to be a rock star who just did whatever. No, I need routine as loathed as I am to admit it. Um, so today we are talking to Lauren. Lauren is all the way over in Sydney or near Sydney. Is that right, yeah, Lauren? In Sydney. In Sydney. And uh, would Lauren tell us a bit about yourself and why we're chatting today? Uh-huh. Um, so I am, gosh, this is such a hard question to be put on the spot about, about yourself. Um, I'm a lawyer. I do family law and wills and estates. And I'm a mom of two very little people. So I have a three-year-old uh, three almost. In less than a month, I'll have a three-year-old uh, and an 18-month-old. Um, I'm building a house. I'm a wife I like to be outside you're so you're a lawyer but you've recently just started your own firm is that right Lauren I have so I'm now a, an entrepreneur as well entrepreneur <laughs> that has or such a, mom, a good ring entrepreneur is the, <laughs> the go-to hashtag <laughs> yeah. oh yeah I don't know what I don't use that hashtag I must start is it a good oh. hashtag I mean I don't even know anything about hashtag I, I just sprinkle them on like like pepper but I don't know what they do I don't know so do I I just kind of go oh that's what this post is about oh yes that has lots of people on it so we'll (laughs) pick that one I have no idea if it does me any good or not but sure they're not doing any harm so we're okay that's a good one I'm gonna use that mompreneur so how long have you been out on your own Lauren um since January so three months and what what not to freak you out, but what made you leave a job when you had two little ones and they're just coming out of a pandemic and you started a whole new company? I, oh, this is a very loaded question. So it depends how deep you want to go. I was buying into a firm and I was the succession plan for my boss. Mm-hmm. And when I came back from my first round of maternity leave, so Olivia was seven just shy of seven months old. I found out I was pregnant with my second. And so I told him I was no longer able to buy in because it was just too much, too big. I'd had a few alarm bells ringing, but I was very happy to stay there. Um, I quite liked the firm I was in, except he turned into a typical old white man, as they're known as, and referred to me as a part-time person. He took away my client's um, anyone that came into the firm was no longer to deal with me because I was only part-time. They were to deal with all the other solicitors. And it was just very hostile. Um, I started dreading going to work. I was very anxious. 
I didn't like it. So I started talking to a few other solicitors to try and get a new job. Got a new job at four or five months pregnant. Show it enough to be showing. Yeah. Um, and just signed up there for five months. Worked. Didn't it wasn't a great fit. Nothing wrong with the firm. Just I didn't mm. feel it was the perfect um, mesh. They didn't utilize technology the way I wanted to. They were a bit more old school. Um, so then I just took a really big maternity leave over the pandemic and came back this January on my own, mostly That's for the flexibility. Yes, this is the thing. And this is where so many companies lose really good people is because they don't think of um, affordable childcare. They don't think about flexible working patterns and they don't give working mums the credit that they deserve because they just they just think, oh, well, she's not committed to the company. She's not committed to the job. Um, her mind's not going to be on the job. And that's so unfair because no one should be that committed to any job that you can't start a family or, you know, <laughs> nourish your children to be the best people that they can be. Um, your job should not be the number one priority in your life. But these old school companies, they're losing really good people because, well, that's a perfect example. But their loss is your gain because you've been able to catalog all the things that you don't want to exist in your company <laughs> and you've yes. got this perfect book of how not to do it yeah that's definitely right um but also there's that saying I don't know if you've heard it that they want mums to work like they don't have children and parent like they don't work wow so, how are you supposed which to is do impossible. that no you can't no I don't think anyone can do that no and and but you went both feet in you didn't do side hustle I work on my own for part-time and then I'll have you know the salary what made you go it's all in um I was I'm very fortunate in that my husband is a government employee so he um whilst he works shift work so he does um four days so we do four day shift two day shifts and then two night shifts um so whilst he's gone for that period of time and I parent essentially on my own, um, he's got a steady income. So we have budgeted on him. Um, and instead of me being able to, or wanting, yes, probably the, I don't want, I didn't want to take any more time off. Um, I didn't want to be a full-time stay-at-home mum. And that budgeting on his salary has allowed us to kind of take this gamble and put it into place. So it's not something that everyone is lucky enough to be able to do. Yeah. Um, unless have do it, it. yeah, do it now rather than thinking, oh, well, in three years' time, I'll look back and go, well, I should have done it then when they were little and, you know. Yeah, and then hopefully by the time three years comes, I'll be so much further ahead. I might even have some employees and helping some, so, other, some other boss mums would come up in the world. <laughs> but Lauren, what kind of law are you practicing? It, it, I had um, a little look at your Instagram and it's family law. Is that separations or? Yep. So um, family subject divorces, parenting arrangements um, and property settlements. I can do some child support issues, but I've been very, I'm very picky in who I am taking on as clients in the family law space. Um, I've been doing a program called collaborative training. Um, so it's all about giving my clients the um, the control uh, of the process and working with them to 
so that they're happy with their outcome. So it's less adversarial, a yeah. little bit more, a little bit more touchy feely, but I think it will be really good for families. At uh, the moment, I'm focusing on estate planning. So doing your wills, your powers of attorney and your enduring guardianship. Okay, so I saw this on your Instagram page and I was like, how do you market wills? <laughs> what is your market strategy for that? <laughs> it's been tricky because no one wants to engage. Yeah, I guess. With, with a post that says, what happens when I die? Like I constantly talk about death. And I think I've just taken, so my, if you have a look at my Instagram page, it is, it's quite bright. So since um, starting this yeah. program that Jill and I do together, I've taken away the pastel colours. I've made it bright. I try to talk about, I'm, I'm still upfront about death, but I just try to make it a little bit lighter. I put, I've got lots of pictures of families up there because that's my yeah. focus. So that makes it a little um, bit happier. I mean, I've been chatting to some people during the week to say, uh, oh, that, you know, I'm, I'm interviewing Lauren and, um, you know, she's marketing wills. And people go, oh, God, I don't have a will. And I go, why not? Oh, don't talk about it. <laughs> and they go, oh, I don't need one yet. I don't need one yet. But do, do we need them in our 30s or 40s? Or, you know, yes. if there's something you could say to people about wills, what is the message? The message is do it, get uncomfortable talking about it, um, talk to someone that you trust about it, bring up the conversations at home um, because if it's in your head and you're not here, who's going to know about it? Who's going to know what, what you want? To what do we for? need? We would, exactly. What do we need to put in a will if we're, you know, 30s, 40s with young family? Um, so it might be a little bit different in the UK. I'm not too sure of how this, if you've got the same documents. Um, but in your will in New South Wales, we will put a nomination as to who your guardian is. So who you want to care for your children if both you and um, your partner both died. Who gets what and how. So you can put in there some little restrictions on who gets what and um who is going to be the person that controls it all and puts it all together and, you know, does all the administrative work. So your executor. Oh, the executor. Okay. And those, um, yeah. I mean, obviously you need to ask the guardian. <laughs> you don't want that to be a surprise. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure they have given consent. And, I, and sometimes it's not even as much asking the person that you're going to ask. It's also telling the people you're not going to ask to somehow drop it to them a little bit that. Um, yeah. I love you and I appreciate you in my child's life, but we don't have the same values or we don't have, you're, you're going to be too old um, thinking about parents. Um, yeah. Or I really don't like the way you raised your child. Like we don't parent the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so many considerations and you might not be that direct with them. Yes, but that, that's going to prevent there being arguments if the worst happens. Yes that you've already agreed it and and everybody knows what the plan would be yeah and that's um partially why you do your estate planning is to prevent to, and to make it easier on your um, family when you do die mm. around if i get it done then i'll die oh like a jinx yes yeah people actually that I, I probably came across a bit condescending but people believe that if they do it and finally get it done then they're gonna you know, get hit by that proverbial bus. Does that happen oh. very often? Have you had clients that have had it done and then you're like, oh gosh, I only did that three weeks ago? 
I've had one, one wow. client and he was older. Um, so he was in his 70s and we did his will and then we finished his family law settlement and then it was a month later he died, which was one, really one out of the blue. It hit, hit one out of all the clients, that's a pretty yeah. good ratio. Yeah. Yeah. As long I as there's been more than two clients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely been more than two clients. <laughs> no, then that's not that's not a bad ratio. But it is and it's it's something people don't want to think about. It's one of the only certainties that we have is that you're here you're here a short time. And that's you know, if you want to have any control over what happens after you go, the only way you're going to do that is really if it's written down and it's in a legal document because people forget or people don't want to offend other people that are in grief and to leave it up to one person just to pass on a message it's quite stressful to that person but if it's in a document that has come directly from you it's much easier so although it feels like a hard thing to do it's a kindness to everybody else that's left uh I know someone and if she listens to this I don't think she will because she's not a podcast person but I won't name her but she every new year she updates the plan her funeral plan she updates it every new year's eve and she puts it in a little envelope in case she dies that year and it says who's going to do readings or who's um who has to burn her underwear um you know all these, these random things and it goes in the envelope and it's in yeah but but it's not formalized it's just in this envelope so that might be a document uh, her letters of wishes so that might just be a comp she might have a will and that's the document that accompanies um her will but what I've also done for my clients is I've created a legacy box I've sent out two now when you would traditionally go to your solicitors, you do your will, you sign everything. A couple of weeks later in the post, you'll get an envelope with, you know, your documents in there, the, a copy of your documents, not the originals. And then you shove that in a drawer, you shove that in your filing cabinet, and then one day, hopefully well down the track, oh, I've got a child interrupting. It's the reality of working from home. <laughs> I know that's a difficult. So where was I? Um, legacy box. So yeah. So rather than yes. a, the copies coming in an envelope, what is what does a yes. legacy box? So be? what I've been giving my clients, and I'm still perfecting it, is they get their documents in a box, and I haven't asked anybody to open it when I've been there because I get a bit weird. But so they get an A4 box, and it's quite deep. It's probably like ten centimeters deep. In the box, they get a copy of their their documents. Um, but they're also getting um, some tools to leave behind a legacy of love, I've been calling it. Um, so the, the idea behind it is if your child needs to find the box, so I'm kind of thinking of older children, um, when they find your will, they will be in their biggest moment of grief. They won't be thinking straight. They don't know what to do. They've never done this before. and they're grieving. They've just lost yeah. one of the most important people of their lives. Well, um, so instead be. of just, they should be grieving, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I want lots of well, crying. Unless they're, unless they're grieving like differently. But instead of just finding this stuffy old envelope with aging documents in it, they're actually going to find um, pieces of the person that they've lost. So they're going 
the five letters written to them. So I've done most of them from mum. So it's going to be a letters from their mum um, to open on important occasions. So I've done open me when my heart breaks, open me when you're missing me, um, on your birthday, Christmas, so that for the future time, there's still some opportunity to have a little piece of mum um, when That's she's not nice. there. There's yeah. a USB to put video messages. So I spoke with about 50 motherless mothers, so young with young children mostly, um, and these are all the things that they wished, and every single one of them said they wanted to hear their mum talk to them again. Yeah, It's just these little things that will help your child grieve and that's a great idea you, they can yeah. they can have a bit of you yeah but then There's a few other things in there because it's, it's easier for us to do things if we think if and we can connect to the person we're doing it for and that is yeah. a lovely bridge into because then you go oh yeah i've got to do all the legals but um, then i get but then i get to put this together for everybody that I love afterwards and I lost my mum when I was young and uh, she had um, cancer but she wrote a poem for each one of the children in her handwriting the same poem that she copied out but having that little notebook and her handwriting and you know um, I have a little bit of her hair no I, I I can't, it took me a long time to even look at photos and it took me even longer to look at video, but I knew that we had some from weddings and things like that, but okay, it wasn't specific to me, but it took a long time to do that. But knowing it was there was comforting. Yeah, and that's the the purpose. And some people might not do it. They might think this is not something I'm into. My children won't like it. but it's there. Lauren, where are you going with um, everything now? Are you in the middle of, I know you're in the middle of the marketing uh, program that I'm also doing. Are you near the end of that? Are you still in the middle or? Um, I think I'm about three quarters of the way through. Ah, great. Okay. So what kind of strategies do you have in place at the minute for your marketing? Anything has changed from January to now? The colours have all changed. Putting myself on video, that's, I've been making some reels, which is. I find that hard. I don't, yeah. It's really hard. And I don't, I can never think of anything. And then when I, by the time I filmed it, it doesn't look how I thought it would. But I also don't think people don't want to listen to me talking about death on Instagram. Um, But maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. I have been looking at how I communicate with my clients. So a lot of it is so overwhelming. Um, And using the email journeys to, instead of using it as a purchasing marketing tool, um, using it as a way to communicate what they need to know. So small, easy to understand snippets of information rather than anyone's ever had a, a letter from a lawyer. We love words and pages um so you will get a 10 page letter with lots of big words on it um so just kind of making that a bit more people friendly yeah um that's good been been trying to have some branding photos taken but the most recent pickup has been my photographer's been knocked down twice with COVID 
Oh, I thought you were going to say <laughs> find a vehicle. Just go. No. <laughs> That's really no, unlucky. <laughs> yeah, first it was her child, so she had to isolate because it was a house contact and then it was her. Um, but it doesn't matter because it's raining today. So I was meant to go today and it's, it's Oh, and raining do some outside so, shots. Yeah. This is not my setup for proper office because we're building, so it's not a pretty space. What kind of vibe were you going for? Super professional or trying to get because you're you're kind of being disruptive in this whole category that you work in and you're being that little bit different that little you know bit of sand in there that creates this pearl in the middle of everything are you trying to stand out different in your photos or do you want something that feeds more familiar um, I'm, I'm going for something that's more me so i'm not so i've got a, a pink um suit jacket and a full white outfit which is very daring as a mom (laughs) but we're doing outdoors I just want to be approachable so I don't want to look I don't I don't need to look like a typical corporate lawyer I never have that's not me I don't talk the way that those solicitors do I try to talk on the same level as people that I'm talking to I try to be friendly and happy and upbeat and I want that to come across that these are big moments and my clients have all the emotions. I need to be kind of happier and empathetic, but still be a place where they don't go and go, oh, I'm going to my lawyers. They can go, oh, I'm, I'm going to see Lauren. Yeah. She's going to answer my question, my burning questions. It might not be that it's not the questions I have um, or what I have to tell them, but it's their burning questions. It's what's keeping them up at night and I can give them peace of mind. So it's that kind of yeah, di- different to traditional. Yeah um lawyers and I don't know how it'll how to get it out of my head and well you obviously have picked a photographer who when you explain that she'll be able to put yeah, that on yeah for you yeah and that's how we thought outside was better than in an office or yeah oh that's a great idea yeah. that's a great idea so Lauren thank you so much for talking to me today I've really really enjoyed that where can people find you on Instagram? I'm going to put it in the in- links, but if they wanted to come and have a look at your Instagram page, it is called? The Mummy Lawyer. The Mummy Lawyer. That's, That's a great a, name. Yeah, the dot mummy with M-U-M-M-Y. So yeah, dot lawyer. And it's Lauren Dunn, D-U-N-N-E. Correct. Isn't that right? Yes. No, oh. no E. No, no way. <laughs> no, I'm thinking no, of Dunn D- stores D- where we buy our socks and things. No, <laughs> not Dunn stores, just Dunn, D-U-N-N. Okay. Just, um, yeah. Lauren, thank you so much. Thanks, Jill. Mm-hmm.